Hey there, my name is Susie Rock and I am passionate about equipping women to be influencers amongst other women and also over their children if they have them. I serve full-time at our church as the director of women's ministries. I also head up the initiative Save Our Youth, which is part of Liberty Coalition Canada, a new coalition that started this year to help bring to light some of our freedoms and rights that have been greatly hindered over the past year and the COVID pandemic. And so a great initiative. There's five parts to this. I encourage you to go check out that website, Liberty Coalition Canada. Lots of good stuff there to give you information. But uh, I'm only part of the Save Our Youth And that is mainly an online initiative, which is seeking to change the narrative of what is happening, what we see on social media, and to highlight some of the damaging effects that we're seeing in our children and youth. And so that's kind of what Save Our Youth is for. And so the recording today is really designed to help meet both of these ministries that I'm part of. It's going to be part of our Unveiled podcast, which is a podcast that our women's ministry at Harvest does. And we're also going to be showing this video as a recording on Save Our Youth to help encourage moms and parents who are considering how how these lockdowns and restrictions are affecting the education of their children. And so we understand that there's a wide variety of parents that are listening to this uh, video. And we understand there's different values and beliefs and backgrounds. And so we're trying to consider all of that. At the same time, we, we just really want to help each of you to rethink education to rethink the values that you're teaching your children and to equip you to be women of conviction. Because really, whatever decision that you make, however you decide to educate your children, we want you to be convicted that that is the best way for you to educate your children. So with this recording, I have invited three other moms to be part of this. They are all currently educating their children from home. One of them has been doing it long-term. The other two are new to it this year and uh, largely due to some of the concerns they had with lockdowns and how that would affect their children and not knowing when they'd be in school or when they'd be going out. I'll let them tell you a little bit more about that in a few moments, but I just want to assure you that our goal is not to tell all parents that the only way to educate your children is from home and that if you aren't homeschooling that somehow you have failed. That is not the message we're giving and I just want to assure you of that. So please do not take this video recording as that. But the reality is I know there's a lot of parents that are considering that or they're maybe being forced into educating from home because once again we just received a message from our government saying that after spring break, kids would be learning at home through online education. And so there's a lot of parents that are considering this and how this impacts their home life, how it impacts their children, education, and even their careers. And so I brought these women with me today because I do believe they've done it well. They've really thought through some of these issues and I think you can learn from them. So once again, it's not telling you that you have to do this, but to help you to understand uh, how it's worked for them and why they made this decision. And um, that your kids are going to be okay. The most important thing you need to do is think through the issues carefully, not just listen to the the social narrative, but what are your values? What do you know to be true? And then how do you need to make the best decisions so that your kids will, will 
will grow and and be healthy and safe, strong children. Uh, I also want to uh, just affirm the fact that I know a number of public education teachers and they love their students. They have great concern for them. They're doing a great job. And so uh, this is not at all bashing public education, but just getting people to rethink. I do believe we continue to need teachers in the public education that have strong values and convictions and, and want to influence the students that are in their class. And so Yes, there's lots of great teachers out there. So please know that that is our, our belief here as well. So I just thought we could start by quickly having an introduction from each of you. Just tell us a little bit about why you decided to start educating from home, how long you've been doing it, and the ages of your children. So Sandy, why don't we start with you? Sure. Thanks for inviting me, Susie. Uh, I'm Sandy, and I have four children, 11-year-old uh, twins, a 9-year-old son, and a 6-year-old son. And they're very busy. Um, we live in on 25 acres, and our kids are very outdoorsy, um, free-range kids. Um, so we were looking at um, the restrictions coming out last August for schooling, and um, just decided that the the best place for our kids would be at home, where they can have the freedom to be in nature, to be with each other. Um, interestingly, I am a public school teacher, so I, I did take a year leave of absence in order to homeschool this year. Good. I'm, I'm sure you put a lot of thought into that, and I'm sure it wasn't an easy decision. I'm sure there's parents out there listening right now thinking, I don't know how I can do that. I don't know how I can take a year off. But certainly it's possible and you've, you've made that happen. And so that's awesome. I also want to say, I love how you called your children free range children. I have never heard that before, but I love it. So way to go, free range children. They totally are. Meg, uh, can you just introduce yourself as well? Sure, my name's Meg and I'm happy to be a part of this conversation because I think it's really necessary. And um, we just want to really be able to minister to those out there. So I'm happy to be here. I do have four children also. And we range from 13 down to eight. So that was a busy five years there. Um, <laughs> and we have two boys and two girls in that order. So it's kind of, it's a really enjoyable um, dynamic amongst them. We have been uh, homeschooling for seven years now. So the boys started out in public school and uh, just due to allergies and some issues that we were having, we made the transition to homeschooling. We use a great program, so it really makes, I'm more of a facilitator in order to um, help the children in their learning. But on a daily basis, you know, the, the kids know what the routine is. And this transition from everyone else experiencing, um, really the only inconvenience has been our extra activities. So it made, it has made, um, and to my husband's been working from home for the last uh, 13, 14 months. So yeah. that, that has been a big adjustment. However, it's really lovely to have the principal in the office at all times. <laughs> <laughs> you can keep an eye on your kids. Yes. I think you're a valuable asset here, Meg, because you have done this for seven years. It's not just a new decision. Yeah. And you're just evidence of the fact that you can do this. You're okay. Your kids are okay. And uh, yeah, you, you have committed to teaching your children and you've made it work. So I, I'm sure that is an encouragement to anyone that's listening. Mm -hmm. So Adab, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? 
Uh, yeah, so I'm Deb Sterling, and um, I have one nine-year-old daughter, and we started homeschooling her in September based on, you know, all of the issues that started last March and the way that we saw the online schooling going. And so, um, we, yeah, we just weighed a whole bunch of options and came out with homeschooling was going to be the best thing for us for now and, and take it one, one day at a time kind of thing. Good. I like how you put that because really as parents, we, we want to take, um, make our decisions based on what is happening right now. Obviously out of our convictions, our convictions don't change, but our circumstances do. And so sometimes we have to change that. And so right now, this is what you're deciding to do. It doesn't mean it has to be a lifelong or, you know, until your daughter's done school. But for now, this is the best decision for you and you reevaluate, right? And it's, it's okay to do that. Mm-hmm. We don't have to make a decision and think this is now a lifelong sentence if that's how we view it, right? right. So uh, I did have, um, I do sometimes have parents uh, email me or message me asking different questions because I think there's a lot of confused or just maybe not even confused, maybe that's too harsh of a word, but parents who are, are concerned and not sure how to navigate all this. And so I, I just, this week I had a parent asking me some questions. And one of the things she says is, how do we protect our kids from the damage? And what a great question. It just shows the concern and love that this parent has for her children. And that that's good. That's valid. We should be asking. And I I, I just thought about this, and I really think uh, one of the best ways uh, to keep our children from the damage is to make sure that we are keeping our, our family lives and our home lives healthy. Uh, healthy homes create healthy children generally, right? It's not a promise, but it's, it's definitely something that we can live by. And so we need to make sure that our, our home life is healthy. And one of the ways to do that is as much as we're able to keep our marriages healthy. Uh, Another thing is to keep communication flowing between us and our children. No matter what age they are, we wanna have open communication so they feel safe to be able to talk to us about the concerns that they're having. Always remembering that we're the parent and ultimately we are responsible for decisions. But our kids need to know that we will listen to them, that we will hear from them. And, um, and then we need to have consistent boundaries that are based out of our convictions. And maybe there's some homes that really don't even think about what their convictions are, what their values are. I think we need to start with defining our values uh, out of our convictions, what we believe to be true, and then raising our children in, in that way, in a consistent way. They, kids need to have consistent boundaries. And uh, so we need to know them. We need to know our values. We need to model our values. We need to teach our values and then stick to them. Uh, so just uh, some things to think about. You don't need to damage your children. Your children don't need to be damaged by this. I think they will learn from you and uh, they will either become stronger because of this or they're gonna live in fear and, and uh uncertainty and it largely depends on you. And so I think uh, you really wanna be considering where are you getting your strength from? And we're gonna talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Some of these moms have some answers for that. But I had a question that went along with that. She also asked, what are things we can actively do day to day to 
prevent more damage? And so I thought, Meg, you'd be a great person to answer this because you have been doing this for a long time. So can you tell us a little bit about how you keep your kids active as a homeschooling mom? Okay, that's a great question. Um, much to my children's um, enjoyment, I, uh, I was educated in human kinetics and it's a natural thing for me to be active. I am very active myself and involved in running or triathlons and stuff like that. So already I've modeled, um, so I feel like I have a step ahead because I've already modeled that in my own life. Um, and the, kil- the children have grown up doing that. They've been <laughs> um, pushed or you know pulled in a wagon or whatever I had to do in order to get my workouts in and stuff like that. But on a daily basis, I set the tone Uh, in our house by having a morning meeting over breakfast and I give them, I lay out what the day is going to be. It looks kind of like a board meeting. Um, They don't know that, but I do. And we kind of set the tone as to what's going to happen during the day. It's been, there's been a lot of different appointments or different things, but inevitably during the day, I make sure we have an adventure of some sort, whether it's, you know, going out and going on a trail that we haven't been on in a while Um, We just got a puppy, and so taking that puppy out and taking on an adventure and helping them, you know, see where, just go out and have fun. Like, Like Sandy said, go out and look for something. I don't, there's not the screen time to be able to distract them because we've set the tone of there's time for that, but it's not right now, right? And, um, so that's, that's really, I want to encourage people to say, okay, you get to set that tone of what the activity is. Insert what your kids enjoy, right? And I know my kids, there's, um, we have different like skipping contests or hula hoop contests or whatever. We do, we actively try things um, that they haven't done before or that they, they're wanting to work on. So really engaging them in whether it's bike riding or scootering, Think about it. Like have a have a have a meeting in order mm-hmm. to decide what you're enjoying, and then find ways on how you're going to get that. Whether the boys wanted to do skateboarding last year, it's not my cup of tea. I'm happy to bring you to a spot, right? And I'll watch you and cheer you on. Um, but that was that engagement to be able to get them the buy-in of we're going to be doing something. Let's see what you want to do. Good. I like how you set a set a daily agenda. And it sounds like you're probably flexible with that, with different appointments. It doesn't have to look the same every day. You don't have to be afraid to change it, but know what you're doing that day and let your kids know. I think that's super valuable. Mm -hmm. Because kids do find safety in knowing what to expect, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, we want our kids to be flexible. I think that's a huge uh, part of raising our kids, learning, helping them learn that sometimes they need to be flexible. But in general, we also want to have a schedule and help them to know what to expect. That helps them to feel safe, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know if Deb or Sandy, if you have any other things to add on what you do to keep your kids active. Uh, I know Sandy, you mentioned dance and that kind of thing. I don't know if you want to add anything or. I think just playing outside. Free range kids, right? So (laughs) they're outside in the dirt, they're exploring and they're, they're moving. They're moving. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Good, Deb. I know that you, and now I think this was probably before school ended, but you did something really cool with your daughter and you're a graphic designer. And so you ha- helped her to design her own little 
clothing logo, yeah. which is so cool. <laughs> Do you mind telling us just a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so she sees me working on graphics all the time, and she's always curious about it. But um, I never had a chance to like sit down with her. And so when she was doing the online schooling at the end of last year, um, I said, hey, you know, do you want to learn a little bit? And um, her and some of her friends had talked about a clothing line that they wanted to come up with and uh, for girls. And um, it was called Modesty Girl, which was I thought was super cute. And um, yeah, so she just um, jumped on and we were talking about, okay, what, you know, what font do you like? And what do you want it to look like? What, are your, what colors do you want it to be? And and she came up with this really cute design. Um, I, I loved it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I just helped her through, you know, helping her with the program and that kind of thing, just learning the computer a little bit better. But yeah, she, she had all her ideas, so. I love that, right? And certainly we want to give our kids some freedom to develop their own interests and skills. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, they learn largely from us and they learn from the interests that we have. And so, all of your interests, your personalities have influenced your kids and you've been able to teach them things that you probably wouldn't even have thought of had they been at school, right? Mm -hmm. So I think, that's, I think that's really just neat, some neat things that kids can learn if we take the time and are intentional about that. Uh, so another question that this uh, parent sent me was, she said, I don't want to send my kids to school where everyone is wearing masks. Uh, is homeschooling traumatic with socializing restrictions and how do I best socialize them if I choose to go this route? Very important question because we do know that relationships are a big part of our development and uh, kids need friends. They need, you know, family's great, but they also need friends. And so I thought maybe each of you could talk into that a little bit as well. So Sandy, can you just tell us a little bit about your transition from public to homeschooling and um, just give us your experiences, what you've done with your kids? Sure. Um, so my kids are very social already. We weren't too concerned about that when we decided to homeschool. Uh, they're involved in church activities and sports, dance, and um, and surprisingly, there's a beautiful homeschool community that we can connect with, and um, that you know, you can find a parent or two who's up for an, a last-minute adventure at a park. Uh, so we're able to have those opportunities. That's been really, really great this year. Um, my oldest two have struggled the most with this because they were in the public system for seven years and they were used to being around different friends all day. Um, and that is still a struggle for them that they miss that community of, of children the same age as them. Um, however, this year has, has just been, um, it's been wonderful to see them mature and, and grow and, um, take on responsibility of their own learning in a way that I never expected. And it's really been a joy to, to be a part of that. So very good. that answers that. Good. Meg, uh, could you talk a little bit about your kids and the blessings you've seen over the last seven years of homeschooling? Yeah, for sure. I've definitely, so there's definitely ups and downs. So I don't want to paint it as it's amazing. It's nothing, nothing's going to go wrong. <laughs> That's just not true, right? Um, there's definitely been struggles, but I've been able to be there consistently 
through them and with them and walk alongside the children as they manage this. I've definitely experienced a little bit more with our, our two boys. Um, the girls seem to be at the moment, and this could change, but they seem to be a little bit more flexible in this area. The boys have had to have a little bit more hand-holding, which is fine. Um, and it's an opportunity for my husband to speak into their lives also, which has been a huge, huge blessing. Um, at the same time, I thrive on structure. And that structure, while the boys were in um, public school, I did not have that structure. So I know I'm speaking two different things, that I, I can be flexible, but I like to decide on what that structure looks like mm -hmm. and be flexible with that. So um, the boys have definitely risen to the occasion on being in that structure of how, how our day runs. And, um, and it's been for them, um, my second son, he needs, he never transitioned well when, even when he was a little boy, if it was, if we were transitioning from, you know, it was eating time and they had play time and now it was going to be nap time. If I didn't give him a 15, 20 minute heads up that, listen, it's going to be nap time shortly, that transition was terrible. Like no one was going to work. It was, no one was going to be happy. Um, so I know, but I've had that opportunity to see that for him and to be able to help him manage that energy where I wouldn't have been able to, right? And the other thing, the other blessing, um, which does come in, in, in line with my, my own education, my own drive of, of information, is the um, ability to control their nutrition. So this might seem like a funny, um, but I've had p parents say, you know, I don't understand, they get home from school and they crash, or, you know, I'm dealing with tantrums and up and down. And I had that when the boys were in and when we transitioned, I was very cognizant of how we were going to manage those efforts because I couldn't tell if they were eating or not, right? All this food would come home. I saw the outcome, but then I didn't have an, a point on being able to influ influence them. So um, I've been able to help them navigate and teach them on the nutrition side why I'm, why I'm choosing what they're choosing. So even though that's not in our curriculum <laughs> to have a nutrition side, we do, I have integrated that into it so that it's not just me making choices. They know how to make choices in order for them to feel and know that they're being healthily, like giving themselves energy in order to work through their day. So even though, you know, it's, it's dressed up as, we're homeschooling. <laughs> it's become an undercover project of how I can minister to these children and help them through their education. And I do see the side of nutrition and, you know, exercise, kind of what you're seeing, um, what we were talking about earlier, as a really a pivotal point, because this is something that as, even as adults, they struggle with, right? And we need that, that structure also. So I've been able to integrate that. And that, that was a blessing that I didn't see right off the hop of saying, okay, we're going to educate our children from home. Um, that is something that has come out of it. Good. Excellent. Yeah. And I love how you even brought out the fact that your husband has an influence here as well. And I think that's a good reminder. Certainly, I know um, probably most of the time it would be moms doing the bulk of the educating at home. But I also know one dad that's at home now educating and his wife is working full time. But regardless of how it works, I think it's so important that both parents are equally, you know, committed to this and that 
the fathers are influencing their children as well and involved. I think that's great. Uh, Dab, could you uh, tell us a little bit about the transition that you had with your daughter and how I know you've done a good job at communicating with her and helping her process and make decisions as well, even though she's just young. Could you tell us a little bit about that and her transition? Yeah. Um, so we've always um, made it a point to communicate with her um, right from the time that she could understand, you know, at her level kind of thing. And uh, we found that was really important for her. She transitions better uh, with new ideas or um, new things that are happening. So um, last March when uh, everyone went online, we really struggled with that, as I'm sure a lot of people did. And um, toward the end of the school year, we were hearing rumors about what the new school year was going to be like, right? Like, were they going to be forced to wear masks all day or um, going to school half of the week and home half the week or cohorts? And then, you know, would they be sent home at the first sign of any illness? So, um, like Meg had said, I uh, thrive on um, knowing, you know, and, and kind of being um, in a good structure and um, with Craig and I working um, both, well, he works full-time and I was part-time, um, we just knew that we weren't going to be able to um, be able to call in, you know, and say, oh, we can't come in for these two weeks because the school's not open or, you know, that kind of thing. The inconsistencies there, really. So we wanted to find... Um, a, a consistent, good uh, thing for all of us, for, for Craig and I and for Blair. And um, so when Craig and I were, we were talking about uh, the different options that we had available. Um, and then we brought Blair into the conversation because ultimately she's going to be the one who's going to be affected the most. Um, and uh, we, we just asked her, um, you know, what do you... What do you think about this, you know, these ideas? Or do you have any ideas of your own? Um, what do you think would be good? And, and we explained the problems that we we're having too um, so that she could understand why there needed to be a change. Um, and so by the time that um, we actually came to our decision of homeschooling, she was actually excited about it um, and looking forward to it. Um, but, uh, the, you know, and our typical um, response to thinking about homeschooling, again, like many people do, it's what program one would use, what would, he, what would it look like, where does that leave me with work, um, mm -hmm. you know, I the social aspect for her. Um, and so I have reduced um, my in-office hours, um, and so I'm doing part of my hours at home with her and then part uh, in the office. And she's able to go to um, Meg's house, actually, and um, do school with their kids for two days a week, which is a really good option for her socializing. And then in the other times, I really do have to be intentional about the socializing for her um, and more intentional, I guess, than I would have been before, right? Because she was getting six hours of friend time mm -hmm. all day. And so I think that's been the part that she struggled with the most. Um, mm -hmm. But again, like I said, we, if we're intentional about uh, her socializing time, then yeah. 
Deb, I like how you uh, put the word out there, intention. And we have to be intentional with our parenting. Uh, we can't take a laissez-faire kind of approach. And especially when we're homeschooling or when we're considering the socialization of our children and really all aspects. Parenting is a full-time job. It takes a lot of commitment. It takes intentionality and it's good right? It keeps us on our toes. They, they, kids keep us thinking and hopping because we can't just read a textbook and say, oh, this is how to do it. No, we have to take the time to get to know each of our children and to do what is best for them to grow up, to be healthy children. Um, and all of this can sound like a lot of work, right? It, it can be exhausting. And uh, the reality is we don't want to run ourselves thin. There is, you know, a very good value in life of, of having rest for our souls as well. And so how would you say, I'll let each of you speak into this, how do you keep yourself mentally strong? So Sandy, you can go ahead. Sure. So um, I, think I'm, I think you touched on it earlier. Um, being on the same page as my husband mm-hmm. uh, is so important. I know that he will back up whatever happens at home uh, when he comes home from work. Um, That's super important. I also need my mornings. Uh, So I wake up quite early. I'll go to the gym, have a workout. I'll come home, open up my Bible, spend some time reading and praying, get ready, you know, clear, tidy up, make sure we have a, a clean working space. And sort of like what Meg touched on earlier, kind of have an agenda for the day. So the kids know exactly what's expected of them um, to finish for the day, and then they can take that personal responsibility. And I feel organized. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's how I tackle the day. I need to be ahead mm-hmm. of where the kids are, not catching up to them. Uh, I also like when they're done school, if there's a, a few minutes, just to sit down and open up a book and have a tea and have a couple of moments to myself as well. That's, that kind of fuels me for the evening and then the next day as well. Beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Being ahead of the kids instead of catching up mm-hmm. to them and then doing things that fuel you as well, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you're selfish. It means you're stewarding your life. And mm-hmm. uh, that's what we've been called to do, right? Mm-hmm. And when we steward our lives, our kids will learn to do that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meg? Yeah, I really like this question um, because I think whether people are aware that this is what they're struggling with, this you've hit it, right? Mm-hmm. That this is where the um, foundation kind of breaks down. If you don't have a solid foundation, you're not going to be able to mentally tackle anything, right? Insert any problem, let alone a pandemic, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's just that is reality. So if you have a firm foundation of where you're going and, and what you're standing on, then you know, you, you need to take an inventory of yourself and really, really know, okay, these are, these are areas that I might be weak in today, but I can develop this into a future strength, right? And so today, if you're mentally worn out, if you're mentally struggling, you need to take the time, you know, it, it doesn't need to be a long time. It could be the next 30 minutes after, this, after you've listened to this and kind of evaluate, where am I at? Why am I struggling with this? And identify what the problem is. So for myself, um, I do pray a lot. (laughs) I do have, like I said earlier, I do have schedule and I I tackle it in that way. And similar to what Sandy has just said, I run my, I I need to be ahead of the game, right? Um, Because the kids, 
there's four of them and they know it, right? Like, and then on days where I have five, right? They, they're very good. They're very good. So um, I enjoy that funness. Like I, I'm, I enjoy that a lot, but I need to make sure that I am stable and I am the thermostat, right? I'm not causing there to be this fluctuating. I, I'm very good at that right? To, to be fluctuating, right? But I need to temper it. I need to, I need to make sure that that's under control. And so the way I do that, similar to what Sandy just said, I'm active. I'm up early. I make sure I go to bed. My husband's a night owl, but I'm not, right? So, and I, I don't, um, I can't play I, much after nine o'clock. There's no big decisions. It's just, it won't end well. Um, so, and I know that. So I, I have those parameters, and making sure that I do get in my time and my Bible, getting my workout in, I feel energized, even though it's more effort, right? I feel energized for that to, in order to tackle the day. So those are big things. And, and that my husband and I know, okay, this is what I need. He needs other things, right? So that we are communicating. And when I do get frustrated, identifying really what am I frustrated with? I know Susie and I got to talk during the week and there's some frustrations that we share and talking it through, I'm clearly a talker, right? This, it's something I enjoy doing. I need to work it out and process through. Um, so giving myself that opportunity and then knowing to when to just let it go and know, okay, I might know, not know all the answers similar to the choice of even jumping into homeschooling right? I didn't know all the answers. I couldn't wait till there was every green light down the road in order to move forward. We just had to move and trust that we're going to manage our choice year by year. So mm -hmm. mentally, that's where, that's how it kind of lines up in order to, and you need to take stock of yourself. Like I know I said that earlier, there is a responsibility on what, where you're at, right? And if you know that you're struggling, then go and seek some mentorship. Go and don't don't just think you're alone, right? We even in this homeschooling, there are so many people that homeschool <laughs> that you just find out, right? Get yourself in that circle, and you're going to be amazed what what you uncover. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's great. I think some things that you uh, said, like even just finding other parents that homeschool, maybe you've never really bumped into anybody, but if you look in your community, you will probably find other homeschooling groups that you can connect with or friends that are like-minded, right? And that can uh, help you out. Uh, you, you don't need to feel like you're alone, whether, you know, depending on what you feel comfortable with, but you can go for a walk or have a phone call or even just a text message, something just to be able to help you process so that you're not alone. And of course, Meg, you're a fun person and you brought that out as well. We have to remember to have fun, mm -hmm. right? It's not all serious. Right. Yes, we want to be responsible, but fun. Right. Your kids need fun, right? So awesome. I love it. Mm -hmm. Deb, do you have anything to add? Yeah. Um, so a lot of what these ladies were saying already, structure and um, keeping the day organized, um, knowing what to expect, that kind of thing. But um, also a reminder that ultimately in and of myself, I am not um, mentally strong. Um, it's 100% relying on God uh, mm -hmm. for me, um, remembering that he is in control. He has a plan no matter what, whether it's a good circumstance or bad or, or difficult. Um, just remembering that, you know, my life is his. 
um, mm-hmm. it just gives me a peace. Um, and yeah, so that, that would definitely be my number one. Number two would be um, staying in uh, constant communication with the body of Christ. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're called to build each other up. So mm-hmm. that's what, yeah, that's what we're here for. Good, awesome. Thank you for sharing. And I, I know that will have been an encouragement to anyone that's listening and maybe even given, you know, some new thought-provoking ideas to some of our listeners. Um, I also just wanted to add and mention, because each of you are married, you have a husband, and that definitely should, and hopefully, and I know in your cases, it does take some of the burden away, but I know that some of our listeners might be single parents, and you're doing this alone, and I'm just going to, I'm not going to try and say it, it doesn't make a difference. It will make a difference, and there is an extra challenge to doing this on your own but I, I still encourage you to consider the things that you've heard and and maybe try to connect with a family that is like-minded. Maybe there's a family that wants to homeschool or educate from home or support you. I, I think everybody realizes that this is a tough time for parents and for students. And uh, people are... are considering other people's needs. And so if you are a single parent, yeah, it's going to be harder, but don't isolate yourself. Connect with the family that is like-minded and maybe together you can help each other out when it comes to educating from home. So that's my encouragement to you. And um, I just wanted to also continue uh, talking about some of our values. And I think that's so key in raising our children And I started off by talking about values. And uh, I don't know where each of you are at. Some of you may have never really thought about your own personal values or how you live by them. But I encourage you to start by thinking through your own values. What is the value of life to you? What is the purpose of living? And uh, take some time to think about that. And if you're married, I encourage you to go talk to your husband about it afterwards and ask what his values are. Maybe you've never discussed it. I don't know. Um, Maybe you just assume you know each other's values, but maybe you really don't. And so I think it's so important to talk about that and to, to Uh, clarify them, and then to be intentional about teaching them to our children. So yes, our children learn largely by observation, but sometimes we assume they know things, but we've never actually clearly told them. And so they need to hear from us. And um, as you've probably picked up, I do recognize that not all of our listeners are people who have, um, are people of faith or religion. And I respect that. But I also um, just want to take this time to help you to consider. I think throughout this past year, we have seen an incredible rise in mental illness, suicides and suicide attempts, eating disorders, uh, addictions, Opioid, opioid overdoses. And it's just evident that people are lost and broken and having a hard time dealing with things. Maybe you've experienced some of that in your own life, your own family, or maybe even your children and you're devastated and you don't know what to do about this. And this, this is huge. This is one of our big concerns. This is one of the reasons why we have Save Our Youth, why we're fighting to keep our churches open and 
to to fight these restrictions and to uphold our charter of rights and freedoms that we have here in Canada. We need each other and um, we also need Jesus. And all of these women here have testified to their saving grace what they need first and foremost every single morning, even before coffee is, or maybe along with coffee, but first and foremost, I'm sure each of them could testify. I know I could testify. I can wait on my coffee. I just need Jesus. And um, so we're not trying to force anything on anyone, but I, I do think we need to consider what the value of life is, what the purpose of life is, and why are we so broken and unable to cope with this is because we're not living as God designed us. And uh, God is our creator. He created humanity in the image and likeness of him. And um, when we look around us and uh, all of you, whether you know it or not, you have been if, if you're wrestling with some of these restrictions that you see in education, you are deep down questioning the humanity of all this. Is it actually humane to cover up our children's faces? Is it humane to put hand sanitizer on our kids so often that they break out in rashes and raw skin? Is it humane to tell our kids they have to stay six feet away from each other and not be able to help each other out if someone's pencil crayon falls on the ground, but you can't actually help them pick it up? Is that humane? If you're struggling with this, you're asking some of the questions that God answers for you. And um, so I'm just asking and encouraging you to consider this. Our um, education system might change. Maybe we'll be back in school full-time without um, any restrictions, but what we've seen in the pattern of things, it's likely going to last a long time. Maybe you're waiting, willing to wait that out. But I do think you need to ask yourself, if our schools were so quickly to adapt to all these inhumane restrictions, what is their underlying philosophy? And even apart from what's going on right now, do you actually agree with that what is going on and what the values of our school system are? Maybe you've never even considered that before, but if you don't agree with what they're doing now, there are some underlying values that they have that probably don't align with yours. And so, I just really encourage you to think through that. My kids are personally, uh, four of my kids have finished high school. One of my ch children is still uh, in Catholic education. She's doing strictly online and uh, she's doing she's doing fine with it. She, she grew up largely in Christian education, which is uh, very much in line with my, my beliefs, the school that she went to. And I'm very, very thankful for that, that my kids were able to go to a school that was like-minded and taught Christian values like I have. But um, at this point, they're in public education. But her foundation has been laid. She, she is strongly rooted. My kids are strongly rooted in the values that we have. But if my kids were young, I would really be reconsidering and, and thinking through uh, what what I needed to do as uh, a parent to educate my children because uh, our education is largely a sign of what the future generation will be like. And so what our kids are learning in school is what their beliefs are going to be in the future. Do you actually want that for your children? I'm not here to tell you what you need to believe, but I do want you to consider, is that actually what you want your kids to uh, to believe and live by. I know that our public education has 
uh, made a drastic change in their teachings on sexuality, uh, largely starting in 2015. There is a Marxist agenda that underlies public education and maybe think about that. Think through what that's actually teaching your children and what... Where are your kids getting your va their value and their worth from? Once again, like I said, we, we believe in God. I believe he is the creator of the universe and therefore he has created people in the image and likeness of him. That gives each, each person value, worth, purpose, and a mission. He's our ruler, so he has the right to give us laws and we've all disobeyed them. I know I've disobeyed them. And when we disobey, that separates us from God. Um, but he loves us because we're his creation. And so he sent Jesus uh, to die for our sins. And maybe this is new to you. Uh, maybe you haven't heard it. or Maybe you've disregarded that. But Jesus is the one that we really need. He is the only one that can forgive us of our sins, that can cover our shame and our guilt and our insecurities. And we see so much pain in our society and people don't know how to cope with it. It's because they no longer believe in Jesus, that he is the savior, that he is able to heal and redeem our brokenness. And so uh, Jesus loves me. He loves you. He died for our sins so that we can have a relationship with God. And there's nothing we need to do to fix it. We simply need to repent and believe in him. And when we do, our humanity is restored. We can once again live as people who have worth and value. And we don't have to try to uh, achieve worth through education or through sports or through status or career or money or anything like that. Not that those are bad things, but that's not where our worth lies because those things come and go. And uh, some people have more opportunities than others, but that's not... That's not where our value comes from. Our value comes from our creator and he desires to have a relationship with each one of us. And that's my main mission is to let people know that Jesus loves them and he died for them and he's inviting them into a relationship with him through repentance and faith. And that's my main mission for my children as well, to teach them that. And when I do, I can confidently say, I do not have to depend on public education or education at all to, um, in terms of schooling, of course, we're always educating our kids, but I don't have to depend on public education to make my children successful because if I've taught my children the ways of the Lord and to know the Lord as their savior, I know they're gonna live in light of that and they're gonna live with excellence and integrity and intention and uh, motivation. They're gonna live with, with uh, a correct, a, a worldview that is um, in light of who they know they are and who they know that God is. That gives them the greatest sense of worth. And so um, even when they face trials, as we all have faced trials this past year and struggled with different restrictions and isolation and maybe businesses shutting down and schools opening and closing, uh, that's been hard on all of us. And yet we're able to endure because we have hope for eternity. That's what Jesus offers us. He satisfies the longings of our souls. He gives us a purpose and a worth now. And ultimately, no matter what happens around us, we have hope for eternity. And so 
if you've never thought of these things before, or maybe you've rejected them in the past, I encourage you, just take some time to think. What are you seeing around you? And what is the only thing that can save you? Our government is not saving us. Vaccinations aren't saving us. I'm not telling you not to get a vaccination, but they're not in and of themselves saving us. And... Um, Education hasn't been dependable for our children. And so there's so many things that are crumbling apart. But I can testify to the fact that our God, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He loves you and he wants to redeem you. And so you're welcome to um, message us. We would love to chat with you further. You're welcome to call us here at the church. Um, we, I, I'm, Like I said, I'm a women's life director here at our church. You can give me a call here, 226 Sorry, that's not the phone number here. Sorry, 519-250-5520. You can email me, Susie at harvestwindsor.ca. We would love to talk to you more about that and have a one-on-one conversation if that's what you're up for. So uh, that is the end of our discussion. I think all the things that each of you have said has been so valuable. I think you are, you've set an example. You're not just telling anyone what to do, but you've done it yourself. And so I think that's awesome. Uh, May you continue to be encouraged and blessed. May your children grow up to be fruitful. And I've already seen, you know, the evidence of your faithfulness in your children as I see them growing up to be strong, strong kids. And uh, that's fantastic. So thank you. And uh, yeah, I just pray and trust that this has been a blessing to all of our listeners. 